0: Okay. But they were able to raise them. Yeah. <laughs> Turn to Second Timothy chapter one, verse five. And um, one of my favorite topics, though I don't overdo it by any imagination, but I I think one of the greatest gifts that we have is our is a Christian home. And a home where Christ is honored and the word of God is is, uh, read and obeyed and loved and, and, uh, that, you know, that is just such a, I believe the, uh, that God intended, uh, the Christian home to be a little heaven on earth. Now, of course there are, time you get two people together and, and they're not exactly the same, and then you have children that are all different uh, you're going to have to work through things, but on the most part, this was, I know it was God's plan. It, it is God's plan, and I am so thankful. I miss my my children um, when they were home. Uh, my five girls, after it snowed, we'd go outside, and they all would attack me, snowballs, and jump on me, and, and I don't want any of you to try that, but Anyway. Everybody get their outlines? You heard about the pastor's wife who said, uh, I was just reading over your your outline you did, and your typing is really improving. I see only seven mistakes there. And the pastor said, well, thank you, dear. Then she said, well, now let's look at the second line. So there's a mistake or two in here, but I think maybe uh, I I tried to correct it all. So 2 Timothy 1.5, as we look at five commitments that'll help you. This is from the Bible. This is not marital counseling. It's not any of that stuff you get from books. You knew a long time ago that I'm a Bible teacher and I wanna base any preaching ministry on the Bible. So from the Bible, I want to give you five commitments to help you and me uh, strengthen our home spiritually, okay? 2 Timothy one five reads this way, Paul writing to Timothy. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Now, I don't know where the dads were. Could have been they were widows, and they could have been uh, involved. But there was a there was a a, a a clear message to the grandmother and to the mother who poured uh, more of their time and their efforts into Timothy's life. And uh, there's other places in Scripture where it mentions the dad uh, having a tremendous influence. And I think of Abraham. By the way, you read Genesis 18, and you'll see what God thinks of a uh, of a good dad. His opinion of a good dad and description of a good dad. So it's it's all through the Bible. But let's uh, take our notes here. It wasn't their beauty or their successful careers they were known for. We're talking about Lois now and Eunice. Um, It was their genuine faith in Christ that Timothy's mother and grandmother lived out in their homes uh, that had a tremendous impact on young Timothy. Now, I'll show you what their commitment was if you go to chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 14 and 15 reads this way, but... Paul said to Timothy, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. A lot of people think that was Paul saying, I taught you this, but he goes on to explain where it started in verse 15, and that from childhood, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The Bible is absolutely essential in the Christian life and in the Christian home it's paramount. I mean to to try to live without the input of the scripture your spiritual food I mean, that's quite a diet. It's like going without eating. You're going to perish eventually. You and I need the word of God. You need your church to be preaching the word of God. You need your devotion. You need your Bible reading. You need to have fellowship one with another. All that's important. And uh, so they made a commitment in verse 15 that from a child, Timothy would know what the Bible says. And that eventually led to Timothy's uh, responding to, uh, to Christ uh, uh, for salvation. But it started in the home. So with that in mind, let's talk about five commitments that will help strengthen your home. The first one is the commitment of time. The commitment of time. In uh, the book of Colossians, <clears throat> excuse me hope oh, my voice hangs in there today i have three babies i'm dedicating next service over there in bur oak three you know we don't do things one at a time i guess huh anyway uh, pray that this hangs together but in colossians 3 verse 16 this is what it says let the word of christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, verse 17. And whatever you do, uh, do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And the time that you spend in spiritual songs and in worship and in reading of the scripture, the commitment of time, Now, I'm going to say something here, and that is this. Children will realize how important Jesus Christ is by the commitment of time their parents and grandparents spend. In the Lord's work, uh, in their walk with the Lord, in various aspects of the Christian life. The kids will pick up on it. So the commitment of time. Invo- faithful involvement in church. I think Colossians 1 verse 2 mentions that. And also Hebrews. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. We live in a day and age where church can either take it or leave it. It depends on if you've got time. That's wrong. And uh, I guess... You know, nobody can force you. We don't force people, uh, you know, for regular involvement in church. But I'll tell you what, that's God's will. The local church is God's will. It's the gathering of born-again believers in doing the will of God in a given locality. Every born-again Christian needs to be part of that. Do I hear any amens on that one? Huh? Huh? Faithful involvement in church, that's part of the time. And then personal and family devotions. This is hard in the day in which we live, but here's what Philippians 3.10 says. It says that I may know him and the power of his, uh, uh, the fellowship of his sufferings, the power of his resurrection and all that. But the key phrase that I may know him, you don't get to know anybody without spending some time With them. Family devotions can be fun. Um, You can have your prayer time. You can have your devotional. There's things made for kids as well as adults. Uh, You can all have a memory verse, you know, and some of you are probably doing all that, and that's great. But the commitment of time is so important that'll help strengthen your home. You can let all kinds of things and even good things rob you and get you entangled. But if you leave out the Lord, you're making a mistake, a bad spiritual mistake. So, uh, you know, and I don't know your hearts and your homes and all that stuff, but I'm going to preach the word as the Bible says, and we need to remember that children especially will realize how important Jesus is to you by the time you spend. Number two, Commitment number two, the commitment of giving. You see, in 2 Corinthians 9, in 6 through 8, you really have the New Testament guideline for giving. And um, the first one is to give cheerfully. And that, that word that, you know, God loves a cheerful giver, that word in the greek means is where we get our word hilarious in other words a lot of joy in giving and there is joy in giving so the new testament principle number one is we give cheerfully i had a pastor friend doing some fundraising and he would say the lord loveth a cheerful giver and i don't like fundraising and i don't do it but after he said that he said but he also accepteth from a grouch. Uh, cheerfully is how it's ordained of God. We give because we love him and we're happy to do so. And we it's a what it is, it's a recognition that He is Lord of our lives and anything that we have. Uh, another principle found in there is bountifully. Does it say a percentage? No. Did it in the Old Testament? Yes. There was a 10% tithe. There was every three years, there was an additional uh, giving. And uh, so, I mean, by the time it was all said and done, there was a lot of of giving uh, according to the laws of Moses. But you know what? I think we live higher. I know we live higher than the law. And uh, the New Testament principle is bountifully and then it also says in first corinthians 16 regularly upon the first day of the week lay aside this in store and so forth so cheerfully bountifully, regularly the commitment of giving will help establish the lordship of jesus christ in your home you belong to him everything he's blessed you with and you give a portion of that to him that's just new testament giving number three You still with me or are you dreaming about dinner? The commitment of hospitality. In Romans 12, 13, it says we are to be given to to it. Uh, We ought to have a bent toward hospitality. You want to use your home for the Lord. And um, some people are better at it than others. and, And so, but we are all. Uh, we all need to be committed to hospitality, Christian hospitality. Um, Titus one eight says a lover of it, and then First Peter four nine, do it without grudging. I like this. Let me read that for you. Uh, it says, "Be hospitable." One, be hospitable. Did I say hostile? You're so gracious. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. What does that mean? It means, well, we had them over. It's their turn to have us back. You know, and all that kind of stuff. But hospitality is more than just having people over. It's using whatever you have for the glory of God. There is a balance, by the way, on that. Do you know what Proverbs 25, 17 says? It says, Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee and so hate thee. So in our terminology, it means leave before you stink. You know, I mean, don't overstay your welcome. There's always a little bit of balance in the the Bible and the Christian life. Commitment of time commitment of giving, the commitment of hospitality, and then the commitment of prayer. You pray for your children and your grandchildren. I'll give you a good example of that. It's Job chapter 1, verse 4. Now, he committed to this. Now, if you believe in prayer, you'll pray for your children, pray for your grandchildren. In Job 1, it says, in and Job's sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day. I think, I think probably birthday, I guess. I don't know. And would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And so it was, when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And I, this is what I like. Thus, Job did regularly, regularly. So he was the wealthiest man probably then in the whole wide world. But that didn't stop him from realizing what was more important. The commitment of prayer. What a testimony and commitment. So you pray for your children and grandchildren. You pray for others. In 1 um, Timothy chapter 2. Here's an encouragement for prayer. Is this thing ringing a little? Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore I exhort first of all. That supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. You mean I have to pray for Republicans or Democrats? For kings and all who are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Hmm. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our savior who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's God's heart. Will all men be saved? No, we know that, but that's his heart. So prayer is, it is extremely important. I think it had a, had an effect in my wife's salvation. She saw her mother pray a lot and, uh, uh, so it, that's that's commitment number four. Take time to pray somewhere. Pray with your children. Pray before you eat. Pray while you're driving, but keep your eyes open. Number five, I think this will help your home, the commitment of love. And, of course, you know the first one, for the Lord, love for the Lord, I think this now is the greatest thing you could ever teach your kids. It's found here in verse 35. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, speaking of Jesus, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And, folks, that doesn't mean one foot in the church and one foot in the world, one foot in the Bible and one foot in the secular. It means with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You will love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest thing you could ever teach your kids, love the Lord. I had a friend that said that uh, he, uh, he quit drinking because he was afraid to stand before the Lord someday and give an account with all the money spent on booze and all the problems that brought into his home. And uh, that was good. But I think there's one thing better whatever it is that's in this world that would take you down spiritually, the best way is to love God, love the Lord too much to get involved in that. Fear, yes, but love is higher. Love is higher. I love the Lord too much to do this or this or that or this or that because that takes you to the highest plane. The greatest thing you can teach your kids is to love them with all your heart. And then your neighbor. And then thirdly, among yourselves, First Peter 4.8. Uh, I had you there a minute ago, uh, but I'll go ahead and read it. First Peter 4.8 says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. So especially your family, uh, spiritual family, yes, your nuclear family, yes, all of that's true. There's a lot more to this, but here's just five things that are right from the Bible. Uh, Down on the bottom of your sheets, are you there? Commitment is a what? It's a rare thing today. To commit your life and home to Jesus Christ requires two things, your choice and God's strength in whom he will give. Philippians 4.13, I can do it through Christ who strengthens me. And you know what this is? That will result in blessings galore. You only have so many years in this life. Make them count. Timothy's mom and grandma knew it. Bev Shea. He knew it when he put uh, that lady's words. He didn't write "I'd rather have Jesus," but he wrote the music to it. He didn't <laughs> write the words, but they fit because Bev Shea was Beverly Shea was was uh, given an opportunity to do something with his life that was it was secular. And there wouldn't have been anything wrong with it, but he wanted something higher. And uh, he put that into, into music, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. And so God bless our marriages and our homes and our kids that we have Jesus for Savior and Lord and recognize him in all things. He has a purpose. He has a purpose. And I also believe that good homes, good strong spiritual homes, makes good strong churches as well. Well, God bless you all. Let's sing Bev Shea's song.